1: God damn right. It's perfect, buddy. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, man. What's going on? Just
1: another day of the life, man. We got Monday Day Football in the background. Almost done with week four of the NFL season. Uh, yeah, we got what? I mean. uh,
0: half the games left? Or ha- half a game left, I should say. Niners and Rams are playing right now, and then... Um... And then we're on to week five, quarter way through the season, almost.
1: Yeah, the NFL season for fantasy football, we're at uh, a big chunk of the regular season, four, four out of 13. We're almost a third of the way through.
0: Oh, fantasy football. Yeah, I'm like, uh, you, your math and your fractions are off, but that's okay. It that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, how's your, uh, how's your fantasy year treating you?
1: So far, it's been pretty good, man. I got a uh, couple L's under my belt, but the money leagues that I'm paying for are going pretty damn well. So,
0: Oh, well, that, that must be nice. <laughs> Tell me more about what that's like.
1: <laughs> I do have a Monday sweater here. I'm, I'm going against Cam Akers and Allen Robinson, and I only have like a two-point lead. So.
0: Yeah, you, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be the dogfight for the rest of this half, and then Allen Robinson's going to catch a 20-yard pass. So
1: <laughs> chalk it up. I, I already accepted that, Pat, but I, I will be watching with uh, bated breath the rest of the night. So
0: <laughs> every, every drop pass, every target, you're going to be
1: <gasps> – <laughs> And you're all in on uh, the tank mode in the Dynasty League, right?
0: Uh, I wouldn't call it tank mode. Things just have not gone uh, the way I would like them to. Um, Obviously, my running back situation was pretty thin to begin with. Uh, Not a lot of depth as far as it goes for quality or high-quality running backs. Um, And Eli Mitchell was my number two, and he went down. So now I'm stuck with Raheem Mostert and Kenneth Gainwell as my number twos. That's who I'm working with right now. Uh, and, and Najee just hasn't done what he did last year yet. Um, it's been a slow start for him as well. So running back's been a little little rough. And I started uh, Mooney for a couple of weeks. And Mooney put up uh, three stinkers in a row. Cole Komet didn't play well. Irv Smith, uh, first week back, dropped a couple big passes. Or maybe it was week two. Yeah, we he was do. In Eagles. Dropped a couple of big passes and plays, and um, you know it's been kind of hit or miss. Gabe Davis started out hot and then injured, and you know battling that right now. Rashad Bateman's had some solid weeks. I had a pretty good week out of uh, Garrett Wilson. He's been doing pretty well the last couple, besides uh, week four, that is. So I've just. Been battling um, poor performance. And in a dynasty league, just because your players are playing bad doesn't necessarily mean you should move on from everybody and jump ship. Uh, there are moves I could make and stuff, but this isn't just a six week program that I'm running right now. This is a six year program that I'm into. So sometimes if things don't go your way, you got to bite the bullet and whatever happens, happens. I mean, with the way my roster is constructed right now, if I ended up getting a high-end pick and can get a decent running back out of it, well, the things could turn around and next year could look a lot different. Not only
1: that, but your second pick, uh, the second-round pick, would be also in that top 15 pick range oh, of yeah. the rookie draft that's pretty deep. So uh, like you said, there's we are in the Empire League, which is uh, emphasis on going back-to-back And once a guy does that, the league is over.
0: So Mm -hmm. there is
1: that constant struggle of a long-term relationship with short-term aspirations. Uh, You know, I I had the the deep team with all that running back depth, and I was kind of taunting the fantasy gods. I was was telling them, bring it on. I'm ready for whatever they can throw at me. And boy, have they with... DeAndre Swift and the sh- the shoulder injury that's probably going to be a few weeks, and yep. uh, McCaffrey keeps popping up on the fucking injured list every week. I mean, he still does his thing. Finally, he got up into that double digit target uh, this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield is just terrible. And some of these offenses that you you it, you have an idea in August what you think they'll do, and like you said, you think guys will take step step ups here. Uh, but then there's just real life football, and uh, Justin
0: Fields isn't good, Baker Mayfield (laughs) isn't good. I'll give you, they're not great, okay. And Fields, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Fields, don't, don't uh, let this misconstrue you because I think I talked about it when he was drafted. Ohio State quarterback going to Chicago Bears is a match made in hell, it's terrible. It, It just, it's just not deemed to work out well, but Nagy was bad, and then they ended up getting this head coach who's defensive minded. I mean, I don't—I should check and see how many passes he threw this last week. But the week before, or maybe two weeks before, the dude threw like 14 passes. Might have even been less than that. It's like you are not going to have a successful team when your team is playing like garbage and you only throw the ball 14 times. It was 11. Yep. So he's only cracked the twenty attempt mark once. And that yeah. was his past week, which <laughs> was his best week, don't get me wrong, but you're you're not prime for great quarterback and great receiver play when your quarterback isn't throwing the ball.
1: No, and that's that's the offense, it's the coach, it's a whole lot of things going into it. Uh, and like Chicago is a real life football team that's actually winning football games this way. So uh if they can run the ball 20 to 25 times and it's not necessary for Justin Fields to win the game with his arm, they don't care at all about our fantasy football teams. They're going to win football.
0: Well, uh, man, who is the Arthur Smith? Is that the head coach of Atlanta? I think it is. Yes. Um, (laughs) He said it best. He's like, I don't give a damn about your fantasy football team. And I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts. And if I told you at the beginning of the year that uh, Irv Smith, who has not played well um, by any means as far as fantasy relevance? Um, here, let me pull up the the list. I know Tyler Conklin was on that list ahead of him. Gerald Everett, uh, Oh Will yeah, Disley, like Cal Pitts is tight end eighteen right now. He's got twenty five I mean, fantasy points. It's... You got
1: T.J. Hawkinson coming off a mammoth week with forty fantasy points in a PPR league, thirty nine point nine.
0: Uh, he damn Pitts near doubled have. Pitts's season total in one game.
1: Pitts is going to have to play for two more weeks at this current rate to touch one week of production from another guy. Uh, so I think that's actually kind of where I wanted to go with this episode was talking a little recap on this season because there's craziness. Everyone keeps talking about Saquon Barkley being RB number one. And I think we kind of Always stress it like uh, it's going to be ugly how some players get there. But at the end of the year, there's always going to be a guy like a Saquon that's just always got his 15 to 20 touches. He just puts up 15 to 20 points every single week. He's going
0: to be a top five running back. Uh, He definitely should be. I mean, let's not – I mean, he's having a good year. Don't get me wrong, but week one was almost 33 and a half points. And that, exactly. that one week will, it can misconstrue some things. I mean, 11, 22 and 18, like that. that's not, don't get me wrong. The week three and four are good weeks, but you're going to get some 11s out of them too. I think it's, you're on a giants team. He's going to get catches passes out of the backfield and, I like him. If you got him, you're happy with him for the rest of the year. Um, oh, for sure. But to hold that number one spot, and I mean, he's he's only 0. .4 points ahead of Nick Chubb at number two right now. And Chubb is in that same boat. He had a 32-point week. Like
1: Another those,
0: guy
1: yeah, drafted super high, Austin Eckler. Uh, Again, one week, week over 34. <laughs> before this week, you would have been like, wow, this is kind of a stinker doing that. You know, 12, 18, 13, and then has his massive two touchdown – three touchdown game, sorry. Uh, he crushes 35 points, and now he's right at the top of this list.
0: Yep. It's and at stiff. the beginning of the year, like, you got to take some of this production with a little bit of a grain of salt because now Damian Harris is RB14, and he had two weeks under 10 points. Like, it might just take a little bit for a guy like him to get going as a rookie. But these last couple weeks that make it look like he's having a pretty decent year could also be outliers by the end of the season. So you got to kind of, it's tough. It's tough this early. And it's
1: also really difficult with a uh, NFL fantasy app that ranks your, uh, your players opponent. So if you're on the NFL fantasy app, or I think some other uh some other sites use it where they have a positional rank. So, you know, the Niners are playing the Rams, and the Rams are the second best against wide receivers because they've given up the second fewest points to other wideouts so far in the yep. season. Early on, uh, maybe it is because that defense is so damn good. Uh the second option could be that maybe they haven't played it anyone at wide receiver that's worth a damn. <laughs> so yeah, you could be scared away because, oh my gosh, they're the number one ranked team against uh, the tight end position, but maybe they've played guys that don't really have a solid tight end option, and uh, a guy like Dallas Goddard is a different guy than the tight ends they've seen the rest of the year. Definitely. So that that's another kind of hindsight, uh, you know, it the season at the end, you'll get a good glimpse of how defenses rank against certain positions and uh, where they're weak in other spots, but week four of the season is too early to be looking at that ranking system as a, a tiebreaker for which matchup you're going to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough at the beginning of the year, too, because there's a lot of players out there that might have, you don't expect them to have a, a super hot week. And you're nervous to start a guy like, uh, we'll say Damian Pierce over, you know, maybe week one, like uh, an Elijah Mitchell. And a Pierce could go off for a lot of points week one. And then you're still nervous to start him week two because you're like, ah, you did it once, could have been a fluke. And then you may look at it like, oh, well, I'll look at starting him week three because he had another good week week two. And then you start him week three and he, he has a stinker. So some of these players that perform really well at the beginning of the year, or maybe guys that you're holding on to, like uh, this was the first week I didn't start Mooney because I'm like, oh, you know, Mooney's had four bad weeks, three bad weeks in a row. Yeah. And he catches three passes for almost 100 yards. Like, it's not a great week, but 13 points is better than... Um, two weeks to Barton in the past three weeks combined like this (laughs) this was better than the past three but at a certain point you got to kind of put that uh that previous bias you have of players aside and play the players on your roster that are performing well and this is
1: that part where all the work we do all the preparation all the remembering of the notes you take in the preseason and the draft it's only thirty to forty percent of the job. Now we're in the next thirty to forty percent, and there's always that twenty percent luck of just catching the right draws. Uh, Javante Williams, we learned today, he's got an ACL, LCL injury. He's done for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other guys like uh, maybe they are just playing through injury. Your boy Najee Harris. Yeah. Uh, the list Frank injury popped up late in the season. Uh, late in the preseason, sorry. And he just hasn't looked he isn't looked like himself. He doesn't have the pop. And uh the the Steelers offensive line is terrible. They got uh Mitch Trashbisky throwing passes and not
0: anymore. It's a bad offense. Kenny Pickett. You yo, got it, Demon it, Starter.
1: He's starting? Yep. Ooh, that's big he was throwing good balls. There was
0: after his first pass. I mean he put the no. pick and Pickett, man.
1: Dude, did did you see the pass, actually, though?
0: No, I didn't actually see it. I just heard it. He threw a
1: really fucking pretty ball to Claypool that bounced right off the dude's chest. And then it plops right into the defender's arms. (laughs) I mean, it's straight up, like, (laughs) one-on-one ball, and he he popped it right into the defender. So, I mean, he threw a good ball. It looked really good, but uh, maybe just throw it to Deontay Johnson from now on.
0: Well, all of them (laughs) had a bad week last week, man. Look at that. I was looking at the stat line of that game, the box score, as it was going on. And I'm like, this is awful. I mean, DJ had, like, (laughs) two catches. Claypool had zero. I think uh, Pickens had one or something. Fryermuth may have had two or three. It's like this is – Then we're in the second half.
1: Yeah. This is gross. Pickens and DJ both were – Like two inches off from having massive plays, Deontay Johnson had. I'm two inches off
0: of being massive too.
1: (laughs) Uh, DJ had like a thirty-yard touchdown that I mean his toe was barely on the white of the end zone,
0: Mm. and Pickens
1: also had a deep ball on the sideline that was very close to being it. So it's a game of inches, especially in that aspect. Uh, Ask your wife; she would know. Well, game game
0: of centimeters. I don't know what you're talking about. Just so you know, on a ruler there's CM and there's IN. There's incorrect measurements and there's correct measurements. So uh, you've just been using the ruler wrong. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's rip through a few players that are surprising for one way or the other. Uh Should
0: we start at a position.
1: Yeah, I love running back, man. I, I just got running back on my mind with like Jonathan Taylor. What the hell is going
0: on? Well, for one, that offense as a whole is is just not looking good. They just haven't looked good at all. And no. The first week he put up 27 and a half points. Like that obviously you're happy with that week. Anytime a player puts oh, up yeah. that many points, you're ecstatic. Um, but 7.3, 12.1 and 3.3 after that, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself like I drafted this dude 101. But <laughs> The offense isn't clicking. They're not looking good. They're not putting up a ton of points. They're not running the ball. Obviously, this past week, news came out. I think he got stepped on, maybe rolled his ankle. Um, so, he's yep. dealing with an ankle injury. Says he should be good to go against Denver on Thursday, but I don't know. It's He's a player when he's on your team and he's not on the injury report, you got to start him. 100%. And that. But,
1: you, you just bad. got to ride or die with your boy getting less than double-digit points in half the game so far this year.
0: Yuck. Yeah. That, that is <laughs>
1: <hard>. <laughs> Another guy I think uh, that's surprising more in a positive way is Clyde edwards Uh RB4 He was kind of drafted man. four overall. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. He was drafted as like a low-end, uh, like mid-tier RB2 kind of guy. 16 yep. to 20 rank, and he's showing yeah. that he's going to be a part of this fucking offense with no Tyree kill, uh, no weapon besides Travis Kelsey, really.
0: Well, the one thing the Chiefs have been doing, which they didn't do in the past, is one they're running the ball more. I think they had over 200 yards last night against Tampa Bay, where Tampa Bay, I think, I believe I heard they had three total rushing yards, which it is was insane insane but the chiefs are running the ball more and when they they're spreading it out more it's not just going to kelsey and hill anymore it's a lot's going to kelsey don't get me wrong he's tied in one on the year oh yeah but after that they're spreading it out more they're getting these running backs involved a lot more in the game where hill was getting a majority of that attention when he was there so i i'm impressed with it it does it last I, I could see him finishing as <laughs> RB one, but I think as the season plays out, um, there's some other players. Slip. He'll he'll probably finish more in that seven to nine range, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But seven to nine for Clyde, where you got him, you're still thrilled with that. I mean, almost every week. Uh, week three was fourteen point nine, but every week was fifteen or above, essentially, which. You're gonna take that for a guy you drafted in the fifth round, maybe even <laughs> later than that.
1: Hell yeah, man! Uh, um, next player up is Ezekiel Elliott. I,
0: oh, I don't one, see him on this list. Where is he?
1: He's one rushing yard above Tony Pollard on the year. Only at 36 points total.
0: Oh, uh, so the last.
1: Couple that's why I don't see him. I filtered up.
0: by top 32 running backs. And he's oh. not on that list.
1: It's rough, man. There's a lot of guys that are scoring more points than him. And...
0: Zeke was taken at the 2-3 turn in a lot of leagues. And when you get a guy who is 36 points, which probably puts him close to RB38. Yeah, maybe
1: even more, man.
0: Uh, on the year. I'm, I'm just going to filter it to 64 just to make sure I get the guy. RB35 on the year. Pollard, RB36 you'd have to get the two, three turn and he's down there that far. You're hurt. I mean, there's plenty of players that are there that were taken in that range. I mean, Javonta Williams, Najee Harris, yep. Dalvin cook, all are RB threes.
1: Cookie monster is my next guy on the list. I, I don't know if this offense has just shifted away from him. I think with Dallas and Zeke, you have the Dak Prescott injury. Yeah. Uh, you should be coming back this, this week or next. And, uh, You'll see some more sturdiness, hopefully, out of that. With Cook in Minnesota just seems like a script that's gone away from
0: football. I, I think it, <laughs> it has and it hasn't, right? Obviously, we're going to more of a pass-minded offense with Cock in charge. But oh, yeah. I think as the season goes on, Dalvin is going to see more and more usage. This past week, I think, was also a bit of a split because of the injury that he had last week. So he was good to play, cleared to play, everything was good with the shoulder, but still coming one week off of the injury in a shoulder separation, you wanna give the guy a little bit of a relieved workload. That doesn't excuse the other weeks of 13.6, 13.8, and 7.6, but I think as the year goes on, we're still figuring out this system a little bit because it's a lot different than what we've been running in the past.
1: A hundred percent. You want to jump over to the wide receiver position?
0: Well, yeah, let's uh, just a couple more things as we're we're going through. Some outliers here. I mean, Cordero Patterson is two weeks post-20, two weeks under 10, and now he's going on the IR. So he's out for four weeks. That's going to be rough. So he's Mm -hmm. going to drop out of RB1 range. James Robinson, RB11 right now, he is – outside of this past week on under three points, he had, he's had three solid weeks in a row for a guy that you probably took in around the sixth round.
1: Oh yeah. Well, Travis Etienne on the other side of that handcuff is sitting with a, what, like 25, 30 points this year.
0: Oh man. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, 30.5 right now. And Uh, for a guy who's coming off the injury, getting into the system, like it's, He's probably working his way in. They'll probably end up using him more as the year goes on. But yeah, that's still still not great. Um, See,
1: now that was the whole excuse with James Robinson with that Achilles injury. mm -hmm. No one's really proven you could come back from that. And uh, it was all about Travis Etienne going to be fully healthy and it's going to be his offense. The Trevor Lawrence connection would be there. And since those two touchdowns, he didn't, the drop and then the miss fire on the second one uh in week one he's kind of looked out of that game script in Jacksonville
0: oh yeah definitely and I mean it's it's a regime that didn't draft them so they're probably just going with the hot hand he dropped a couple big passes I think touchdown passes week one which really hurt him I mean he catches those it's probably a whole different workload for those two because he proved that he can be out there and be productive but You know, as the year goes on, I think this will even out more. I do think there's players that are going to step in and probably take over where James Robinson is at. He'll probably get a lot more weeks around the 11 to 15 range instead of the 20 range. Um, Yeah. So I I see him falling out of that top 12 by the end of the year. I I mean, we can revisit this at week eight and look at it again, and it's going to be a lot different than week four.
1: Definitely. There's guys that are – Dealing with the injury bugs that'll come out of it, uh, there's just get there's always that volatility in the NFL. Oh yeah,
0: uh, wide then, receiver.
1: Uh, the crazy thing about wideout is it's it's not as surprising. It's exactly kind of what you would expect.
0: Right, big that dogs.
1: Uh, Tyree Kill is a wide receiver one. Steph Diggs is a wide receiver one.
0: The wide receiver one. Get it right. Well,
1: Ooh, put some respect
0: on it. <laughs> well, so again, another one where massive a 45 40 point, point week. week, like you're, you get a 45 point week in the first four weeks. There's a pretty good chance you're going to be a top 12 wide receiver. And if you put up another 20 point week, which you did 26, pretty good chance you're going to be the wide receiver. You know, it's, it, we'll see. He had 14.4 and 10.2, like, I don't see him finishing as the wide receiver one, especially as this Bill's offense gets healthy. You know, you get Gabe Davis out there. You got Isaiah McKenzie playing well. Dawson Knox starting to get into the fold a little more. These running backs have been playing decent. Like, once that starts playing out, Diggs will finish as a top five, in my opinion, but I don't think he'll be the number one at the end of the year.
1: Uh, Sneaky guy is Amon Ross St. Brown. He was injured this week, but had one of those massive weeks, again, with, Uh, the Lions, and kind of showed that Mm -hmm. end of the season when Swift was out, Hawkinson was out, he could still put up the same numbers with those guys healthy this year, uh, scoring touchdowns and making it look easy. In a Detroit offense that's number one overall in the league. Uh, Tied together with the number 32 overall defense, it's a fantasy production heaven.
0: It's gold mine, man. It's (laughs) what you want for fantasy. He's been playing he's been playing awesome. Obviously hurt this week, didn't play, but still two weeks over 20, one almost 40. Like you gotta love that.
1: Oh yeah. I'm sitting here with five wide receivers that are all about 40 points total for the season. So
0: (laughs) in our (laughs) Dynasty League, I think I got five under 40. So
1: (laughs) I feel those vibes. Let's talk about Justin Jefferson for a minute. Because uh, he's still up there at the top of the list with 85 points so far this year, but he's done it in a weird fashion.
0: Uh, uh,
1: 30 points yeah. week one, 30 points this week, and then two kind of stinkers with eight and six points between
0: what are you, there. What are you looking at? Because I'm pretty sure we're looking at different types of. Sorry, stuff. Uh,
1: I'm just I'm on my fantasy league and
0: I'm clicking on the player profile.
1: Because I, I said week one,
0: 39.4.
1: Yeah, 40, and then 10, 4, and then 31.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I, I thought you said eight and something else, and I was like, that yeah. just wasn't lining up with me. But,
1: uh-uh. When
0: you just kind
1: of throw it out there and let it see what happens, it works pretty well, but then when someone calls you on it, it, it
0: doesn't go so well. So, yeah, 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 fuck.
1: That, that one's on me, bud. That one's on me, bud.
0: <laughs> you get so me all confused over here.
1: I mean, we faced a good team in Philadelphia, but then the Detroit game
0: just doesn't make sense. You know, I, <clears throat> part of that, it's kind of a twofold thing in my opinion. Like you've said before plenty of times, real football and fantasy football are two different games. And when you're yeah. in a game and you're a real NFL player and a real coach out there, you're trying to win games. So sometimes that means if Justin Jefferson is double or triple teamed, He's not getting the ball as often, you know, and that doesn't mean Kirk's not trying to force it in there because uh, he does. But that means that the likelihood of catching those balls are going to be much less. And eventually if he, if Kirk does figure it out, that ball is going to end up going to players like Osborne and Thielen. And as they make plays, that's when JJ can open up later because they're like, oh, well we can't put everybody on him when these guys are catching balls just as well. You know what I mean? So
1: yeah, I, I it was the, just frustrating to watch where in those games Phelan doesn't get a target until the third quarter. Uh, you know, C.J. C. Ham was our leading receiver stat-wise for yards in the first half. You're sitting here with a uh, a, a lackluster offense and, and we still come away with a win and a loss, but the Eagles are proving to be one of the best teams in football. as the only other team now. Uh, it, it's just it's interesting. Uh, it's something I'm going to kind of focus on for the rest of the year here as your boy Debo Samuel almost punches in another touchdown for the night. Uh It's going to be a weird, a weird season. And I think everyone was expecting the 30-point weeks every single week from Justin Jefferson. And I think we've seen that he's going to be matched out a fair amount this year.
0: And they'll they'll figure it out. I mean, he'll be more consistent, I think. Um, I think he's going to have more weeks closer to 20 um, than he is going to be to 10 and to 40, obviously. Um, But I I think he'll be in that, like, 18 to 25 range on on average for most weeks.
1: I think – so we already have two out of 14 games in the – we'll call them duds. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yep. If you're scoring less than 10 points from your number one pick,
0: it's it a dud week.
1: Yeah, yeah it's a it's dud, especially at light I think his dud games could reach into that five to six number. Then we could see four out of the next eight or nine games be that way.
0: Especially if we get into a positive game script in some of these games. We've been – obviously in like this last week and the week before we were in games where we're, we're fighting to stay alive. You know, we didn't have this game wrapped up in either of those games. They were dog fights where if we can get ahead by two scores, I think we'll keep our foot on the throttle, but it's not going to be as aggressive. So, and sometimes that can lead to defenses making aggressive mistakes and blitzing harder. And you get a guy open across the middle who can get a 50 yard touchdown or something like that. But Ooh. Um. Yeah. I, again, I'm. I'm not too worried about JJ. He's still wide receiver three. You had two dud weeks with him, which you don't want to happen. But I ain't. Uh, I ain't firing the alarms on it quite yet.
1: <laughs> he's wide receiver right now, but Cooper Cup's got something to say about that. He'll be. He'll be
0: wide receiver four. Cup is only down five point six points from him, and he's already got more than that this game. So yeah, JJ is wide receiver four technically. Actually, Cup yeah. might be wide receiver, two. He fuck, he could be wide receiver one right now, actually. I don't think he's had such an amazing day today.
1: Oh, 11 My, for 95. Never fucking mind. Yeah, 11 for 95. <laughs>
0: he's got 20, 20 points. He's wide receiver one on the year. So, all right. We're already outdated.
1: This is so dumb. He's, it's the fourth quarter. He's got 14 targets, and they're down still. What a silly game, man. I... <laughs> It's just, oh.
0: oh, there's Kittle. Kittle gets a score. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it, I love football. It, I mean, more wide receiver stuff. Like you got Cortland Sutton. He's wide receiver eleven, but you're not, you're not overly liking how he's got there. Like it feels a little uncomfortable. I mean, 19, 17, 16. Well, I should say 20, 18, 16, because that's more likely what it was. But it's. It's good. You, it's not bad, but it's kind of ugly the way he's getting there. I mean, at the end of the day, you get there. That's the important thing. But
1: One of the biggest surprises out of that wide receiver position you're kind of breezing over, Christian Kirkman in Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't know where he's at rank-wise, but he's at 70, 79, 80 points so far this season. 71 points so far. 70, yeah,
0: 71 points. He's wide receiver 10. Um, I mean, every week over 17 besides this past week, 8.3. And where you got him at too, 8.3, like, yeah, it's not a great week, but you didn't draft him to be the wide receiver 10 at this point of the year. And this was the rainy
1: game against Philadelphia, who was showing to be a really good team. Still had nine targets in that game. Yeah, Uh, Only came down with two of them for 60 yards. So, uh, Christian Kirk, I, I think, is a solid buy candidate for your fantasy years. I, I don't know if people understand what they have in him, but he showed something in Arizona. And when he went out, it was a big question mark if he was making the right move by going and chasing the money. And uh, I think by the end of this year, we could be talking about a different type of guy in Christian Kirk.
0: Well, the thing about chasing the money with Kirk is more of a: Do you want to win a Super Bowl or do you want to get paid? You know, do you want to be the wide receiver one, or do you want to have a chance at winning a championship? I think that was more of the the conversation around that, because Jacksonville is not a championship team, but he's going to get opportunity to catch balls and play well and get paid a lot of money, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Arizona did everything they could to just keep burying him on the depth
1: chart. I mean, as soon as this wow. is time to shine, they get DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is looking for a complimentary piece. They signed AJ Green for a little bit of money.
0: They draft uh, Rondell Moore to be a guy. You know, it's.
1: it's <laughs> they they that keep, keep getting after that position. And a uh, hey, props to Kirk for believing, him, believing in himself and going after it. Yeah, good uh, for him. It's cool to see.
0: Uh, uh, otherwise, I otherwise well I think that top 10 it, it seems Kirk is probably the Kirk and Amanra are probably the only two outliers in my opinion that you didn't expect to be in there I mean AJ yeah. Brown maybe you were thinking outside wide receiver one you know high end two probably thought was higher than that Higgins might have been on the edge for you Mike Willie or Mike Evans I should say but Jamar Chase, I mean, it's not it's not bad. It's just not what you drafted him to be at wide receiver yep. 12. I mean, Devontae Adams is there, Hollywood Brown, Waddle. It, it's pretty cut and dry there. Once you get outside of the top 12, it's getting a little bit <laughs> Curtis Samuel, Chris Olave, Tyler Lockett, DK, <laughs> Rick London, Amari Cooper, Josh Reynolds. Like you, Lots of
1: guys that have had one big week. Uh, we could see that. That list should be out to a different way by the end of the season.
0: Oh, that, 100%. <laughs> Tight end, baby. Let's talk about
1: it. Dude, the the guys we said were worth drafting are the only guys that were worth drafting. Pretty uh, much. You're taking your shots after that. Mark Andrews has just had a kind of a stinker week last week. Uh, but other than that, he's exactly what you drafted him to be. Touchdown scoring machine. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's a stud.
0: Uh, and all they have, as far as the the stable weapon.
1: Uh, after that, like uh, yeah, you're really hoping that your tight end just gives you like eight plus points. You know, if you don't have one of those guys, if your tight end puts you in the positive with like double digit points. I'm calling that a win out of tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's unless you're facing one of those two guys, that's a, that's a favorable matchup. You know, the guys like Dallas Goddard have been pretty consistent in that aspect. Uh, the sneaky yeah. one is Gerald Everett in the Chargers offense.
0: He's He's been getting a lot of action, got the touchdown last week. Um, one stinker week, if you would have been what his average was, you know, between that 14, 13 range, the low end of what he's been scoring. I mean, he would be the the tight end four right now. You know, and five points behind Hawkinson. It's it's uh tight end is always just a crapshoot. You just don't know what you're gonna get. And you get a guy like Kyle Pitts who I I think in our league, our Friends League, I think uh he ended up going third round. Was it three oh one? it was either two or 212 or 301 301 yeah it was one of those two he went on the 2 3 turn and you know tight end 18 you draft a the guy there i mean he's he's going to get weeks monster weeks it's going to turn around it's not going to be the 3.9s that he seems to just love cuz he's got two of them and a 3.5 but he'll he'll start getting into that 18 range he's going to have a handful of weeks like that but you've already seen four dud weeks out of or three dud weeks out of them and you're gonna see more so it's it's not gonna be all you want
1: no and it's it's frustrating when you take a guy that high and they just cannot produce um you know you're sitting there like what the hell am i supposed to do and i i don't know don't draft the unproven tight end is what i would tell you to do
0: yeah i mean you look if you're not going to take a guy high you know, one of the top three guys that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year. Um, I had Pitts in that top tier, with you know that he was a top tier guy for a lot of people, right? Hey, but if you don't, hey, hold, don't my feet, hold my feet here, boy, because yeah. I
1: did not put him in there. I was not about it, and I'm still not about it. That offense sucks balls, and
0: I'm but not a team that's playing from behind. You would think game. that a talented player like Pitts is going to get opportunity. It's It's not unlikely to think that. It's not unreasonable to think that. But he has played bad, or he hasn't had the opportunity, maybe, is a better way to put it. I I don't know. I haven't really looked at his box scores too often. Not much to look at. No. (laughs) It's it's,
1: depressing. I don't like to look at him for too long.
0: (laughs) My point was that if you didn't take one of those top guys early and got the guy that you wanted, you were better off punting the position until later and taking a shot because – you could have gotten in most leagues at Gerald Everett in the free agency. You could have 100%. gotten Tyler Conklin, Will Disley, Njokin. Yep. Like, Disley have scored
1: three games. out of four
0: weeks. I mean, that, that dude's a machine in
1: Seattle. Uh, yep. When you're looking at Pitts here, it was the second week or third. I think it was the second week after the Rams game when he only had three targets for Pitts that the coach comes out and says, I don't play fantasy football. I play to win football games. And they the lost. following week. Uh, the following week, though, Pitts gets the eight targets, catches five of them for 87 yards. Um, no score. And then uh, now coming into week four, back to his regular scheduled uh, one catch for 25 yards. Like, this is this – is, it's sad. Like, this guy's young. So he's got a lot of football in his life. He's just about to turn 22 years old, but there's a reason that NFL tight ends are meant to develop and grow into this position. It's not he runs outside wide quite a bit. He runs in the slot quite a bit. Uh, I'm not gonna say numbers because I just say him wrong anyway. But <laughs> the fucker plays all over the field and. If you were going against Atlanta, he's the first guy I would shut down. I would make you beat me with Cordell Patterson in the backfield.
0: or Marcus too. And he's been yeah. playing a lot. He's wide <laughs> receiver too right
1: now. Yep, he had a solid week where he exploded with a couple touchdowns. But yeah, I, I would make you beat me with Marcus Mariota's arm rather and, and Patterson's legs than let you just dice me up with pits all over the field.
0: Oh yeah. And I think that's kind of what they're doing. You know, he is the most talented player on that offense. They're, they're trying to shut him down. They've been doing a good job so far. He goes up against Tampa Bay. That's going to be a tough matchup too. Like it's not, he's not poised for the tight end one this year. And the issue with tight ends and fantasy football is you, you love them on high scoring offenses and the opportunity, but tight ends have to learn pass protection. They got to learn run blocking. And a guy like Kyle Pitts has to learn the x y and z position as far as it goes to try and catch balls you know and run routes and that it's not as easy as people make it seem and that's why it takes players like that tight ends specifically 3 years, years. roughly before that they <laughs> actually start to mold into what they are
1: 100% man it's a it's a take game and you got to take a lot of time and figure it out
0: who is one of these guys not named, we'll say, Kelsey, Andrews, and Hawkinson? Um, and we'll, we'll throw Pitts out of there because he's going to climb. I know he will. But out of, like, the Zach Ertz, uh, Gerald Everett, Fryermouth, Conklin, Goddard, like, which one of these guys is poised to stay in kind of that top five range by the end of the year uh... or jump the highest from where they're at?
1: I don't, I don't think it's a jump, but I think it's already – he's already jumped, and that's Tyler Conklin. I think he's got a really solid route there in uh, New York Jets offense that with uh, young boy Milf Hunter Zach coming in, he's shown that he also likes throwing him the ball quite a bit. And we saw him in Minnesota. He can – he's yes. not like – He's, he's talented, not fooling man. anyone. He's not fooling anyone, but what he does, he does well. You oh, know, yeah. he gets the ball, he moves forward. He doesn't try and do fancy stuff. He's not trying to get block- – he, he's not moving side to side. He gets the ball and he goes forward.
0: He's, and that's he's not fast, but he's fast enough.
1: Oh, yeah, where you're like, let's get this guy a design screen at least once a game, you know, and maybe it'll turn into a 15, 20-yard ball. And then uh, on a third down, he's a guy you can trust to hold on to the football over the middle. So there's there's aspects to Conklin's game I like. I like the Jets' offense being down a lot this year, and uh, that could favor a, a tight end or like safety blanket for a young quarterback as well.
0: The thing about the Jets that makes me nervous is Milf Hunter. Um, he didn't play well last year. and Nope this week was it's not like it was great he had an okay fantasy week because he caught a touchdown which was seven points of his 18. you know otherwise he put up 11. it's not like he had this great box score at the end of the game and granted it's week one for him technically he's coming off an injury like there's there's things about that but still until he proves it that whole offense as a whole just scares me.
1: no i hear you it's it's uh a lot of moving parts. The offensive line got really good with offseason moves in the draft.
0: And Michael they Carter, get hurt. I think Carter was like just outside of RB2, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah,
1: Brees Hall is kind oh, of sneaking up. I think sorry. Hall He's, is getting some touches.
0: Yeah, sorry. Carter was low-end RB3, He's RB33 overall, and Brees Hall is 17 right now. So they're moving the rock with those two, and both of them are playing well. Um, for the most part and when you got that going and your quarterback's not playing super great and you're down a lot like I don't know I'm nervous on that whole offense I liked it better with Flacco than I do with Wilson but you know give it a couple weeks we'll see how it shakes out
1: who's your tight end to jump up the list uh
0: I think it's kind of a no-brainer I think Darren Waller Um, He had two low weeks at 5.2, 5.4. He's at tight end 11 right now. I really think Waller by they're going to have to design plays to get to him. Um, He's a talented guy. He's big, tall. Well, big and tall are kind of the same thing, but he's fast. He's athletic. (laughs) He can catch the ball. And right now I think they're trying to force everything to Adams for the most part to keep him happy. And if they want to start winning games, which they need to do, um, they're going to have to get other people involved. And he is the guy, in my opinion, that's going to be it. So I, I think he's probably going to end up closer into that five to seven range by the end of the year, um, possibly all the way up to four. It could happen. Kittle is up there too because Kittle is didn't play for a couple of weeks and now he's back in. Um, He's our, our tight end 60 right now because he's played one week, and it was Yeah.
1: Good. His touchdown did get called back earlier as well. Oh,
0: damn. Um, damn.
1: Yeah. So, he's looking at another kind of stinker performance so far. He's got a couple catches, but.
0: Two for 24. It, he's another player on that team that eventually they're going to have to get him the ball. You know, they're going to be in situations where they're down because – they're good, they're not great. Their defense is better than their offense. And if you catch a good team on a hot wind, they're going to be passing the ball. and Kittle's a guy that has chemistry with Garoppolo. Um, a lot of people focus on Debo. So I, I, I can see Kittle making a pretty big jump just because he's only down there right now because of injury.
1: That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So... If you had a guy like uh, Debo Samuel, what would you trade him for
0: in the dynasty league? Um, I'd probably be looking for a young prospect coming back and a pick. You know, I'd have to, in my situation personally, because you're asking me, and the way my team is constructed, I need running backs bad. So it would take a running back and a pick to get a player like Debo from me.
1: Hmm. It's just a shame to see this guy catching thirty-yard bombs, run like a madman after the catch. But I know as soon as I trade for him, he's gonna fucking hit the IR because that's what <laughs> my team is. It's just a fucking injured reserve, dude. Can call a medic.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about changing my team name to Fire Sale. So. <laughs> it'd be fitting but then you'd have to
1: respond to trades which you don't do very well so
0: uh to some people I guess I don't um and it's it's not necessarily that I'm not responding to them but um you just you don't like to trade no I don't <laughs> I, I don't i mean it's it's an uncomfortable feeling because the way I look at it is the people somebody's trying to trade for on my team are. I have a handful of like core good players, right. Or like core valuable players. And then I have a slew of, you know, middle to low tier players. And if I get rid of my good players, it's that it's kind of that FOMO. It's the fear of trading my guy right before, you know, like a, a Najee Harris, like I'm open to trading a player like Najee, especially in the construct of where I'm at. But if I can make a move for a different player, um like another valuable running back then I'd be less intrigued to trade him because then I'd have you know let's say Najee and I'll just throw out a name there but if I you know Najee and we'll just say Swift if I obviously not going to gauge I know but if I had two players like that like I feel like my construct on my team next year would be a lot different you know what I mean so it's it all depends on where things go for me in the middle of the year but I don't like trading I, I got FOMO definitely <laughs> Just like you. You don't want to trade for a player like Debo because you're worried that he's gonna end up on the IR, but he could also end up as wide receiver nine, wide receiver six. He was wide receiver two. You know what I mean? It's it can go either way.
1: Yeah. I do like the offense with Jimmy G. Trey Lance uh, is not the
0: guy. I don't I don't agree with that. It uh Trey Lance was not not optimal for high fantasy output for other players this year. But overall, I think if you gave the guy, I mean, you think about it, he was a project to begin with. He was drafted from North Dakota State, and we've seen how those quarterbacks have turned out so far. And Wait, what secondly, do you mean by that? The elite, the Hall of Fame <laughs> level, ketchup and mustard suits, like you know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> okay, sorry. Um,
0: He's uh, yeah, he's definitely a, a catch up on his stake kind of guy, but so is Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I don't know what I'm going with on this point here. But anyway, um, Trey Lance, he only had like one one starting year with NDSU, um, so he's got football experience, but he he doesn't have a ton leading this a team. He didn't obviously play a lot last year and coming in, so he really hasn't played much since 2019. And that's a lot of rust to try and shake off when you're not playing real live game experience against other people. So I think if you had given him time, if he was healthy, um, things would have turned around. But that doesn't really mean it's going to be awesome for Debo and for Kittle and for Iuke during the year as he goes through his weeks of probably 194 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Like that doesn't, doesn't help out or positional players.
1: And what did he do? Did he break his ankle?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was bad. Um, it was a pretty bad fracture, I believe. I didn't see the actual play, but um, from what I understand, it was pretty gnarly.
1: Yeah, I saw the play. It, I mean, his ankle was definitely, like, 90 degrees the wrong way. yeah. So it's tough. I mean, that that's a big part of his game, his mobility. and that, It'll just be interesting to see how his career arc is in the NFL, you
0: know? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because he's already going into – he'll be going into year three, coming off a pretty major injury. We'll see how that affects his running ability because that was part of the major upside with a player like him was that he's like a Josh Allen in the NFC. You know, he's yep. got a big arm. Uh, if he could work through some of the accuracy things, and he's mobile. You know, he was a big-time runner at NDSU. He scored a lot of touchdowns on the ground. I think he had, like, over a 1,000 rushing yards. So that, if his ankle isn't great, well, now you're in year three. You lost to mobility as a fantasy quarterback. You're still working through the struggles of accuracy and getting live game experience because now you're four years removed from being a starter, and you only have two years left on your contract to really prove it. So – it's a really unfortunate injury for, for him specifically and, I suppose, for the 49ers to really figure out what they got in the guy because they traded a lot to get him. God
1: damn it. Tyler Higby
0: just ruins my night.
1: Oh, I, I'm not facing Tyler Higby. Let's go. It's, it's
0: Alan Allen Robinson and Cam Akers, oh.
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm sweating right now. I'm, I'm, I'm up two points.
0: Are you still up two?
1: I'm up two points, dude.
0: <laughs> two exactly. Oh, there's Robinson. It's Yeah, it's... I'm just kidding. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see how the rest of the season shakes out. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited for football. My fantasy teams uh, have kind of kicked me in the balls a little bit. But um, okay. I have uh, that 14-team league. I'm 4-0 in it now, so that's fun
1: i you know what I'm more proud about?
0: My my fantasy
1: teams are pretty good standings right now. But I'm more proud of the teams that I helped draft because they're all kicking ass right now. Uh I I was h- hired, I don't know what you want to call. It. I was a professional football analyst. Uh <laughs> that I'm pick sorry, Matt Stafford just throws the pick six. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal.
0: Talk about a team that's having a Super Bowl slump. Actually, both of them kind of are. Uh, Cincinnati has not looked super great, and neither has uh-huh. the Rams.
1: Yep. Stafford, he looks like Kirk Cousins right now. He's only got eyes for one guy. Cooper Cup, man.
0: Yeah, that that's definitely an issue. And Allen Robinson just hasn't been what they tried to um, sign him to be. He's been bad. And then you got OBJ is not there right now. He might come back. I mean, there's a chance they need him if they want Holy to make him.
1: Holy cow. It would be perfect for him to come back.
0: It, Van Jefferson's been banged up. They need help. They need help bad. And their running backs, like Henderson's okay, but he's not great. And Cam Akers stinks. They need help. And I can you can't rely on Stafford and
1: I could see them drafting one of the top RVs in the draft this next season.
0: Oh, I could definitely see that too. Um, depending on where they end up at the end of the year, which I think they they're going to figure some things out and they'll probably make a stronger push towards the end of the year. Um, I wouldn't call them a major Super Bowl threat by any means, but they're going to be a strong playoff contender as the season shakes out. They're, they just have been since Sean McVay has been there and Matthew Stafford's good enough. And that defense is solid enough. Like they'll figure things out,
1: but sure. if they're in that
0: like 24 to 28 range, they could definitely take a running back. If uh, maybe like a, was it B. John Robinson is uh, yep. the number one right now uh, projected guy. I mean, if they landed a guy like him and they still have cup and they have Stafford and They can supplement another wide receiver in that game or maybe an upgrade at tight end. Hickby's not bad, but he's not great. Like, yeah, I could definitely see that.
1: Exciting stuff, man.
0: It is. It is exciting. Um, Yeah. I don't have terribly too much else for fantasy football.
1: No, it's a good little recap. We had some real life stuff too. Uh, We've all been busy. You got, what do you got. I won't bring it up here. Uh, yeah, we got. It's a lot of life going on, right? So.
0: Yeah, work and kids and all that fun stuff. I mean, which it never it stops. Is fun, but it's, mm-hmm. it <laughs> definitely takes some time. Um. Away from doing things like this, so it was uh, definitely fun to get this out here, uh, and we're gonna have to do it again soon. Yes,
1: check out the butthole and all the socials. Uh or if you want to hear us
0: <laughs> although we're, we're not you. active on <laughs> any of them like, go check out this ghost town called the butthole twitter account yeah if you want to reach us you know how to reach us come yeah. say hi give us a call I'll give you Gage's number
1: uh, <laughs> that's a good place to snap bye, bye.